Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. And on Chicago's Legal Latte, uh, if you're a regular listener, uh, you know that we can we jump back and forth a little bit. We'll talk about uh, things that apply to individuals. We'll talk about things that apply to businesses, um, maybe things that apply to both. We'll cover a lot of topics. And um, today we're going to dig into one we haven't had a chance to talk about before. And I'm looking forward to it. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And while we've talked about estate planning uh, and we've talked about family-owned businesses, we have never really combined the two to talk about why estate planning and the various tools that are available um, can be important to a family-owned business. And, if, of course, again, if you're a regular listener, you know that I'm not the one to provide the information. We turn to the LaBelle Law for that, and today we welcome a new guest, uh, one of the partners at the firm, Elizabeth Main Ellis, joins us for the first time and looking forward to getting to know her a bit. So, Elizabeth, first of all, welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte. I'm glad you took the time today. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, so we're going to talk, as I said, about estate plans um, and how that applies to succession planning for family-owned businesses. But give me a quick recap. Let's just talk about an estate plan. You know, what are the common elements? We hear that term. What are we really talking about, the things that might be included there? Sure. So when you talk about an estate plan, um, the, the, de- the definition really is in the name. Um, I often hear, talk, hear people talk about their will, and they're usually in the will is a, is a generalized term for what we would actually call an estate plan. The documents may almost always include a will document, a left will and testament. Um, they can include powers of attorney and oftentimes uh, include some version of a family trust or revocable living trust. And those tools we'll learn today, I think, a little bit of how they might apply. Um, everyone, every adult really should have some form of estate plan depending upon their assets. Um, what about, as we're going to see today, owners of small or even particularly family businesses? What, what's the extra value to them of having an estate plan? Sure, Jim. The, uh, for a lot of uh, well, a lot of business owners, not necessarily just family, but family-owned businesses, the equity in that business is oftentimes the largest component of an individual or a family's estate, uh, usually second to their primary residence. Uh, and that, that is an asset that needs to be uh, cared for uh, throughout that person's life. And after someone passes away, we refer to it as the estate. Um, the estate is what includes everything that a person owns when he or she dies. The, the decisions that someone makes during their lifetime as to how that estate will be handled after their passing greatly impacts uh, children, other family members. And for a business, it's going to also impact employees, other uh, business partners, and even you know, the people in the community or the, the vendors that serve that business. It can have very far-reaching effects. And therefore, that cooperation between business planning and estate planning is crucial. And let's let's dig into that a little bit. Um, unfortunately, when we talk about estate plans, sometimes we have to sort of take the negative approach. And um, I don't know if we say fear, but we've got to tell people why it's important. And what what are the consequences for a business owner should they pass away of of not having an estate plan? Sure. And you know, one of the I guess challenges you could say um, of being an estate planning or a probate attorney is that I'm I'm talking with people about. Uh, circumstances that they don't typically want to talk about. We're talking about when people die. 
Um, it yeah. is an inevitable situation that every person will find themselves in. And quite frankly, after each one of us dies, we're not going to be making decisions about anything. Um, but the rest of our family, we tend to care about our, our friends and, and acquaintances even. And those are the people that have to deal with an estate after someone has died. If a person dies, um, they're referred to as a decedent, okay? And the decedent's estate, if they do not have an estate plan in place when they pass away, falls into what we call probate. Probate is an area of law. There is a judge that administers probate law and often sits in a courtroom, which we refer to as the probate court. The probate court does not exist to make people's lives difficult. Probate is an area of law that gives ownership to things that have no owner. So when someone dies, whether they owned a business or a house or a car, they can't own it anymore once they've died. So therefore, those items, those assets are unowned unless something else comes into play to own them. So probate assigns ownership. It's actually a good thing. We, we want property to be owned. Um, but it gets a bad rap because estates going through probate tend to take a very long time, a year or more. It's incredibly expensive for a lot of families and especially more complex estates where there's businesses owned or business interests that are involved in the estate. Can be you're hiring attorneys and accountants and, and it can get very expensive. The, and then there's the distribution under probate law. So under just the default, nothing was in place, no will, no trust, nothing, all of the assets owned by someone when they die get divided up according to a distribution list that's in the probate code. If someone dies married and with children, half of what that person owns when they die goes to their surviving spouse, and the other half goes to their children in equal parts. And it goes on from there, kind of like a family tree. That can be fine, um, but for business owners, and especially the partners or, or other members of a business, that may not be exactly what they want to deal with um, after their business partner has passed away. And it can lead to a lot of chaos, confusion, and quite frankly, loss of profitability of a business and oftentimes loss of succession of a business. So just letting probate do its thing is good in some respects. Um, we Again, it exists to actually help people in the community, but bad in a whole lot of other respects in creating chaos and a real headache for family members that are left behind. Well, and help me just clarify here, um, whether it's for family issues or for business issues, probate, as you're describing it, is used when there isn't a plan in place. But to avoid some of that chaos, a, a good plan that announces your intentions kind of avoids or at least minimizes that impact. Is that the right view? Well, yes and no. Um, and okay. I guess I should really clarify that. The will document, okay, so the document that is the most referenced in TV and regular conversation is a set of directions that a person creates while they're alive, and it says who you want to get what, who you want to leave as your beneficiaries when you die. It does not actually have the authority to do the actual transfer of ownership. Okay, so um, other areas of law come in and can assign ownership. There's title to land, that's property law. There's a contract for your 401k that says who's the beneficiary when you die. So there's other areas of law that can apply ownership. Probate is only one of those areas of law that applies ownership. A plan says what you want to do. A will is a set of directions that says what you want to do, but it doesn't actually move items out of probate itself. The audience for the will is technically the probate court. Other 
types of estate planning instruments, like a trust document, for example, actually can go so far as to create legal authority that transfers ownership of property, and a judge doesn't have to have anything to do with it. In other words, it literally moves the estate out of probate. Well, let's, let's focus on the businesses, and we're talking today for the first time with uh, Lavelle Law Partner Elizabeth Maine Ellis. We're talking about uh, utilizing estate plan tools for the succession of businesses. And sometimes business owners start out when they're young, they're just building, and they know they need to do this, but they really haven't thought about what kind of transition they expect someday, whether they're going to pass away in a year or 50. But, um, you know, when they're young and they're just starting out, what should they do? Sure. Well, when you're first starting a business, um, most business owners or entrepreneurs are certainly not thinking about the ending of their business. They're thinking about the beginning of their business, as mm-hmm. they should. Um, that's where all the ambition and hard work come into play. Um, whether you're talking about estate planning or really just running a business and, and thinking about issues of uh, distributions of profits and liability and how to manage taxes, actually organizing that business into a a business structure, whether that be um, a limited liability corporation or a partnership or a a corporation with um, stockholders and shares, those all have, you know, a myriad of impacts across the different uh, considerations, whether they be legal or economic or, you know, a million different directions. When talking about estate planning, uh, if you recall, I mentioned that it's assets that actually get distributed through a probate court or, or were handled through an estate plan. For that to happen, you actually have to have assets in the business. Um, if someone just starts running a business and you know selling lemonade on the, on the street corner, their assets include uh, the lemonade stand itself, the, the pitcher, the lemonade powder. They're not incorporated. They're not an LLC. They don't have business interests, so to speak. They literally just are the business themselves. That person should definitely consider uh, business pl- or excuse me estate planning, but it's a different viewpoint. When we're talking about organized businesses, whether I'm kind of focusing mostly on LLCs and corporations, you either have shares of the corporation or you have membership interest in an LLC. That membership interest or those shares are literally assets that can be administered through an estate plan, and should there not be an estate plan, will be divided by a probate court according to the probate code. Uh, so when you know starting out a business, think about how do you want to own this business? Is it just an extension of you, or are you really trying to create a separate entity which you can have equity in and which can be transferred, sold, you know, moved from one generation to another? Those are the questions to start asking even at the beginning stages of a business. Now, we've got a few minutes left. I want to get to a few things, but you mentioned moving it through generations. Um, young business owner, maybe even a couple that owns a business, have two, three, four kids. Um, young kids, they don't know if the kids are going to want to be in the business, one of them, all of them. Um, should they take the kids into consideration when making a plan as to how that business might succeed someday? You know, um, it's interesting. Only about 40% of business owners really worry too much about their children taking over their business. I'm talking about family businesses here. So mm-hmm. I guess it, it really depends on how, what kind of family it is that we're talking about and, and whether they even want their kids to, whether they want to think that far ahead as to whether their kids will be part of their business. But if they do, um, one of the things we can't control is what our kids want to be when they grow up. That's for certain. Mm-hmm. So what's most important is, is building in the flexibility to make those decisions as time goes on. 
Um, we talk a lot about exit strategies when I'm working with, with uh, business owners about succession. And it's how do I get out of the business what I put into it and if I'm a business owner and I want to leave something to a future generation, how can I make that happen with, with the least uh, negative impacts as possible? And there's really three good uh, exit strategies for businesses. One we call the slow sale to employees, and that's where you're transferring bits of the, of the membership interest of the shares to employees or children, in quotation marks there, over time. Um, you can also sell to a strategic buyer. You can sell to an ESAP. But what, you know, when you're talking about family uh, succession, oftentimes we're talking about moving the shares of that business from one generation to another. So that's the exit strategy. Um, in tying that into estate planning, by owning that property in a trust, this is a really, really key concept. Mm -hmm. Right. The trust will do the work of transferring the shares or the membership interest outside of probate. That's a big deal. And the trustee under the Illinois um, Trust Act allows the trust, trustee, excuse me, the manager of that trust, the person that makes the decisions for the trust, to also have the authority to make make those same types of management uh, decisions that the person who owned the stock in the first place would also be able to make. So what that means is that by holding those assets in trust, the, co the, the company itself can continue its operations, I don't want to say seamlessly, but is more, much more conveniently than they could without that, uh, without, with a, more, much more, excuse me, much more seamlessly than they could if a probate court had to be involved. Um, and we were talking about distributing shares to individuals that m maybe shouldn't have shares of a business on it as an ongoing concern. Um, I was going to do something unfair here. We've got just 30, 30 seconds left, um, but I just want to know, is this a topic people should call you about? I assume some people sort of use their business as their retirement plan. Is that something that gets complicated or better resolved by uh, an estate plan then as well? Absolutely. Um, when we talk about utilizing the, the, the trust uh, instrument to transfer shares from one person to another, there still needs to be some money component paid for that stock. Um, oftentimes we're using uh, life insurance products out there, uh, buy-sell agreements to allow that, that slow sale to employees to actually be paid for. There's a myriad of different mechanisms to do this, but you're correct. When looking at your estate plan, and your business plan, it's important to incorporate the two so that if you're an entrepreneur, you're able to make money off that business while you're running it, to retire off of the, off of the earnings and equity that you put into that business, and be able to leave something for your children in an estate plan. And we can help with every component of that process. Well, so much more we didn't get to. I want to talk to you again soon, Elizabeth, but uh, for anyone who has questions now, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way is to give us a call or give me a call, excuse me. Uh, my direct line is 847-241-1795, or I can be reached at e. Ellis, so that's E-E-L-L-I-S, at lavellelaw.com. Fantastic. Elizabeth Main Ellis, thanks so much for joining us today. Great uh, conversation with you, and lavellelaw.com is a great place to go get more information on this, and we'll look forward to future conversations. And thanks to everyone today for listening as well. I uh, look forward to having you back on Chicago's Legal Latte.